I'm Steve White, a Suns fan since 1988, and you're listening to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. Welcome into the Bubble Boys postgame gab fest here on the Sun Solar Woo-hoo! Panel. Sun's oh. got to win. <laughs> Ahoy hoy, I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Glad to have you with me. As always, Dave King is here. And then we've got a special guest, Gerald Bourget is with us today. Gerald, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, and you got the guns out. I, I always love that. Showing, <laughs> showing a little power and uh, wearing the throwback Pistons jersey in honor of the NAC Suns being sold to the Pistons. So see, it all ties oh, together. Is that the honor? It all connects. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all connects. So we got something exciting to talk about. Actual NBA basketball, and in particular the Phoenix Suns, back in action today. Game one in the bubble in Orlando, and the Suns get a victory as they defeat the Wizards 125-112. Glad to have you with us here on the stream. And uh, guys, initially reactions to this first uh, win for the Suns. Jared, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I thought the biggest thing for me was the Booker versus non-Booker minutes, um, especially in that first half. He was like a plus 25 for the for the first half, but as soon as he went out, it was like a 10-point swing just like that. Then um, we saw some of that in the second half. I, I thought they eventually pulled away um, which is good. A young team needs to learn how to put away inferior teams. But that was kind of one of the main things that stood out to me is, is the bench is still going to need some work this off season. Well, they talked about it in the post game. So in the post game, uh, Monty and book and DA talked and uh, Booker was talking about that, that they, what they had to do was they, after they got the, the lead at the end of the first half is they had to basically just keep regathering themselves in the second half to hold that lead. And, and he kept, and to their credit, they keep talking about getting stops over getting scores. So um, these are the opposite of Mike D'Antoni, however you say his name backwards, but um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's good to hear the guys talk about it that way. Um, Washington is just tough to defend. I mean, there's a reason for a lot of the season, they were number one in offense and number 30 in defense because they just going to want to run up and down the court as fast as they can. And uh, you just got to keep up with them. And, and so, uh, look, luckily, the Suns had had more talent than they did today. Yeah, I mean, and it, for me, it comes down to this was a great game to play against the Wizards. And the kind of game that's going to get you punched in the face when you play a team like the Mavericks or somebody with something on the line. Kind of game that it's fine to ease into. They're lucky that they started with the worst team in the bubble in the Washington Wizards. In stretches, they looked fantastic. And in other stretches, they looked like they hadn't played basketball in four months. And that's really what this comes down to. And I think there's a lot of bubble rust for uh, for a lot of teams. I mean, we've seen some sloppy, <laughs> sloppy basketball in these scrimmage games and in moments uh throughout these first seeding games so uh, i'm okay with this in a first game from the suns but if they have this kind of uneven effort on sunday i think they're going to be in trouble well i tell you they looked better in the scrimmages uh than they did today in this game against washington i think they were i thought they played the first half afraid to lose yeah i mean it was very um you could tell like Mikael Bridges was an all-star during those first three scrimmage games, <laughs> a little bit quieter today. Um, he did finish with 13 points, but um, you can tell that there was a difference between the scrimmages and these games. I think the Suns mm-hmm. are a team that has come into this whole thing, even the scrimmages with that mindset of 
Like we need to make every single one of these games count, even if it's just a scrimmage. Yeah. Now it matters more. So now they're going to get better shots from these teams. Well, you know, they told themselves, oh, there's no way we can lose this first game. You just can't right. lose this first game and still call yourself a real team because <laughs> Washington was without Bradley Beal, obviously without John Wall for the whole year and without Davis Bertans who's sitting out to keep his health uh, before free agency. And so that's their three best players. And there was, I mean, there was really nobody left on this Washington team. Uh, our SB Nation, um, sorry, our Bright Side of the Sun, one of our podcasts there, the Sun's Jam guys, interviewed the deputy manager of the Wizards blog. And he said, I don't expect anything from this Washington team. They'll probably somehow win two games, but that's only because other teams will show up and not not expect to be uh, someone to play hard against them. But even the Wizards guys are saying there's barely any NBA players on this team. So, uh, and that's, I mean, look, Shabazz Napier, Ish Smith, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, which who was kind of an, um, a rookie who's not going to make any all-rookie teams. That's your leaders. And Jerome Robinson, who was a number, what, 15 pick two years ago, uh, washed out of the Clippers and made five or six threes today for the uh, Washington Wizards. So the Suns just had to not lose. And I felt like they spent the entire first half afraid to lose. And then they got that 15 point lead just because they actually have the NBA talent to do it. Well, and how refreshing is that? Because over the last few yeah. years, we wouldn't be able to say that. It, there wasn't mm -hmm. the NBA talent to actually win this kind of game, and they were able to rely on these guys that belong to be in the league to beat a team that just didn't have uh, have the horses. I mean, that's what that this came down to. Washington, like you said, Dave, is not a good team. Mm -hmm. They do not have the players to go out there uh, and try to jack stomp an, another team. They're going to have to win ugly. And and luckily, the Suns did enough to to prevent that. I mean, and and when you look at it, and let's get into a, a couple guys here. We're going to start with Devin Booker, who winds up finishing with twenty seven points, five rebounds, four assists, and a steal in this game. Uh, at times, Devin felt pedestrian, but then he picked it up at, at other times, very much like the team overall. But we knew. I mean, we saw in those scrimmage games, Booker uh, had a few games that were just okay he he did did some things nice and uh didn't do other things great but we knew when the lights turned on you were going to get at least 25 from him he winds up with 27 in this game gerald yeah i mean he didn't shoot the ball particularly well and he had a little bit of trouble with some turnovers especially you know late in the game wizards got a little desperate tried to up the defensive intensity a little bit for some turnovers but he really did have a good sense today i thought of when he needed to attack in particular. Um, there was that 7-0 run the Wizards went on just to start the third quarter, cut the 15-point lead to eight just like that, and then Booker drives to the basket and gets an and one. That's the kind of feel for the game that he is developing and has been developing for some time but is really important for a young team that needs to follow his lead in these areas when they do build these kind of leads. Yeah, you can tell, Devin, Devin was watching the flow of the game the whole time. He was, he was, he was just observing the pace, and he he stayed aggressive. He knew in the first quarter he really had to score to get this team going because they they weren't really scoring. He was he was making some passes and they weren't converting. And so, I mean, in this whole time, let's be honest, the Suns had the lead almost the entire game. It's not a fact of whether they were worried about losing, uh, you know, badly. It's just that they were worried about getting it stolen from them. And Booker just had to make sure that they 
that that they worked it and until um, until they got comfortable and got that lead. And I thought he did a very good job managing the game uh, without taking it over. And that's really really important. Devin Booker, if if Devin Booker was just a stat stuffer, he'd have taken it over. You know who was a stat stuffer today was Ish Smith. I mean, has the dude ever taken that many shots in a game? The yes, every like, time he plays the Suns. Only against the Suns. He took 18 <laughs> shots. He led the Wizards with 18 shots. And, well, who the heck you know, else was supposed to shoot for them? I mean, literally. Other guys were supposed to shoot. The dude, there's the nobody else. <laughs> um, but good for Ish. Um, another freaking monster game against the Suns. I, th- I blame it all on Scott Howard. You guys know what I'm talking about, don't you? He wrote an epilogue, a postseason epilogue on on Ishman. Maybe it's still during the season, but Ish Ish had the absolute worst three point shooting season in NBA history. And Scott Howard spent probably about five thousand words when he used to contribute to Bright Side of the Sun, five thousand words eloquently describing how bad of a shooting season that was in the history of of the NBA. And ever since then, Ish Smith has kicked the Suns' ass. So I blame it, Scott Howard. At least two or three Suns wins over the last six years. It's all it on is, you, Scott. It is the most irrational Suns rivalry since uh, Goran Dragic <laughs> and Sasa Vujicic. Is, uh, well, that's the thing. Scott so it has and, to be Scott Ishmith. Howard. <laughs> it's just, uh, if that's his real name, I, I'm highly suspicious. Well, we know it's not his real name, but that's what he goes by on Twitter, and that's how people know him. <laughs> So let's let's move away from it's Devin. It's the worst and... <laughs> fake name ever. You know, when people come well, up with fake names, they come up with really good fake names. He comes well, up with Scott Howard. I mean, Scott come on. Howard, forty-two. It does not help that he added in <laughs> Scott Howard, forty-two as so well. Made it look so, like a real name. <laughs> let's move away from Devin Booker. Let's talk about DeAndre. For me and Dave, I think I saw you tweet this as yeah. well. Uh, it felt like DeAndre wasn't really in this game. And by the end, you look down, he has 24 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and he's two for three from three-point land. And you go, oh, well, I guess DeAndre Ayton really did show up in this and game. And when Ayton was in the flashy. game, nobody was scoring at the basket unless it was on some kind of back cut or some kind of weird drive that you know took Ayton away from the play. I mean, he's he's just good on defense he doesn't he doesn't he talked about it after the game he doesn't hunt for shots um even though we were thinking fans were thinking that as soon as he didn't get too many shots in that first half he was disengaged he's just like i'm just playing in the flow what happens happens and they and they found me when they needed to find me i mean and you see it you see it at the bottom it was an important win Suns had to get that win nobody panicked and da was one of those that did not panic i mean the dude looks like he could use a you know a little jump uh, from the from the uh, jumper cable sometimes, but he had he ended up with a really good game, even though he looked like he was kind of walking through it. Well, what do <laughs> well, you think? Hey, he he fed off the crowd, right? And that's uh, that was the problem. There was none. So yeah, oh, that's man. rough. Uh, did you see the picture they showed? And it was of our the Suns and Wizards fans, and they couldn't even fill out the virtual stands. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? How does your it's digital rough. people not know enough to put fake bodies hey. or duplicates? Like you could take a fan from seat three and put him in seat 17 and no one's going to know except that fan. Well, Hey, there I am. 
Oh, there I am again. You know, just the Suns had the Suns had celebrities in there too. I believe uh, you had Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Rex Chapman as part of their live viewing, and they still couldn't fill the stands. What's really (laughs) funny is they did that for the Suns one home game uh, two days ago, right? The one home game they had two days ago, and that all those seats were filled, and they were all happy fans, all being excited (laughs) to play. The entire set of you know band was. Filled. So how do you not fill it for this regular season game? Just throw the cheerleaders in there, the dance team. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have empty I know. seats, I employees. The Oh no, they fired them all. There's a lot. That's why they had empty seats. They were let go on Monday, so they didn't have <laughs> seat fillers. So they were let go oh, after that game that they yeah. took the oh, like, shoot. way to go, guys. It's, oh uh, shoot. <laughs> Not to bring down the mood or anything, and as the sun moved to one and zero in the bubble. But let's check in on uh, the other big game that's going on here in uh, in the NBA for the Suns, and it looks like the Portland Trail Blazers in overtime wind up defeating the Memphis Grizzlies one thirty one thirty five. I don't know if this the is good or bad. only five games out. Yes, but is it good or bad? Because they have to jump Portland, and really, all that matters is you wind up within four games of the ninth uh, of the of the eighth seed, and as the ninth seed. So, is this a good or a bad thing? Would it have been better for Portland to lose so you gain ground on them rather than Memphis losing? And what what is it? What's the better play here if you're a Suns fan? Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you, Greg. I think. Uh... I think I would have preferred a Grizzlies loss because, or a Grizzlies win because that's really all that matters. They're gonna either way, they're gonna have to beat whoever's in that eight spot two times. So yeah, you got to get within four games. You do. Oh. So you might as well make up. Gra- the The focus should be on whoever's in nine, not whoever's in eight, because the Suns aren't gonna get to eight. They're just not. Yeah. Yeah, and and they were closer. They were closer to Portland in the standings than they were Memphis. And Memphis look, is Portland's got a two game, like two actual played game lead. So even if they, um, you know, in this eight games, they go five and three, and two other teams go five and three. Portland still kicks their butt because they had two more uh, games played on the season. Um, but, but so how the percentage are, are they wise, because it's going to be on percentage? percentages. Okay. Yeah, they are going on win percentages. So. Portland, if they and the uh, the ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and twelfth all go with the same exact record, and they were all with you know blah blah blah, same number of like games out from Memphis, Portland would win on winning percentage, and get that ninth seed. So Portland's in that driver's seat, and even more so today after winning this game against Memphis. But you know what? I'm 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 good with the Suns just keeping this alive. You know, I, I am good. If the Suns had, uh, they'd still be a six game spread. I get what you're saying. I think San Antonio is going to going to lose a lot. I think Sacramento is going to lose a lot. The Suns are going to be ninth or tenth or eleventh, probably tenth or eleventh by the by the time this is done. Best case, and then we can just lament about that for the summer or the fall, I guess. Uh, Rick, one of our new members of the Flaming Ballers in the uh, YouTube group. That's the name of our YouTube supporters, Gerald. If you're wondering. Uh, he's, he, <laughs> We're weird. The flaming we're ballers. Weird the the flaming, flaming ballers. The flaming ballers. That's where we're at. We're, as I said, we're weird around here. But Rick in the <laughs> chat says they need to jump Portland, Sacramento, and the Pelicans and be within four games of the Grizzlies. Thank you. That's what we were trying to explain. I hope. Uh, <laughs> I thought we got yes. there, but but maybe not. And then uh, also Darth in the chat wanted to know. Uh, and here I'll bring it up here as we're we're talking. Didn't the Pellies lose last night too? They did. 
So the Well, there, hey, this is this is it's it's a good situation. It's much better than sitting here at 0 and 1. We'll say that for mm-hmm. it, all right? Still seven games and you got to win at least six of those seven uh and some tough games coming up, but uh Darth in the chat wants to know thoughts on Monty's creative creative rotations today. You know what, hey man, at least at le- you know what? We didn't see Ellie, we did not see Ty, and we not did not see Sheck. I'm good. Did you did you see Ty Jerome uh, and, and Gerald I'll let you weigh in on the rotations? But uh, the Suns put out a graphic showcasing all the terms that that their uh, their players had decided to put on the back of their jerseys, and it also put their actual last names below it, which they aren't like in the jerseys. And Ty Jerome chose enough as his word, but because the Suns had put the name on the back, it said enough Jerome, and everybody just nodded their well, heads. I wonder so, if I mean, Ty got to pick that. Maybe he got assigned <laughs> enough. <laughs> it was, All it right, was Gerald, just, yeah. uh, before you uh, talk about the rotations, I have to comment mm-hmm. that one of our wonderful uh, Flaming Ballers said, why does that dude look like Omri Caspi? <laughs> Omri Caspi? I haven't gotten yeah. that one. I know, but in this light. In this... Canter, but not Omri Caspi. That's interesting. Yeah, in this light with the, with the, with the jersey and the beard. Yeah, you do. I, I don't know. I that's, That's a look you're going for. for. Are you it's going for either Ennis Cantor or Omri Caspi? Is that like I wasn't going for either one, but that's what I'm going to start putting on my dating profile. Omri <laughs> Caspi, I'm millionaire. Actually, I'm an NBA player. Um, <laughs> oh, oh God. So, um, so your thoughts on rotations after we uh, insult you with, uh, with yeah, no, <laughs> as a guest here? It's fine. I'll, I'll be a millionaire. Hey, man, this guy's um, rich. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I thought, uh, they were good today. I also like Dave was totally fine with shortening up the rotation and the guys that didn't make the cut today, as far as getting minutes. Um, I thought Javon Carter was low key, pretty good in his minutes. I thought Cameron Payne was composed. Um, he still, he still has these flashes where he tries to do a little too much as that guy that's, you know, clearly trying to play his way back into an NBA roster spot. But uh, overall, I thought the rotation was fine. Obviously, it's not ideal without Baines and without Ubre. Um, we're still going to have some of those crazy three guard lineups, those undersized lineups. But um, you know, against a team like Washington, you can get away with it. Now we'll see once the better teams start coming whether that will continue. Yeah, uh, I, I I was all right with it. I mean, Cameron Payne. Uh, obviously in Monty's mind, uh, won the main backup point guard, uh, spot and played well today. I mean, uh, he, he was hit or miss in the scrimmages came out, played well today. And, and Gerald, to your point, Javon Carter uh, did what he does. He he's an irritant defensively. And, and he came up with some big steals in particular in that fourth quarter to help this team uh, lock it down. So I like, at least from a backup point guard standpoint, that rotation, I like I like be, having Cam Payne being the main guy, having Javon coming in and helping and playing some backup too, uh, as well. I think that's going to be the recipe for success when it comes to those to those guard positions. If you're going to have a chance to win, uh, 
we didn't obviously see Aaron Baines. He's not uh, played himself back into shape. No Ubre. Uh, so uh, obviously rotations are a little different than what Monty uh, would go with if he were at full strength. Uh, but I'm really interested to see what those rotations look like when Baines comes back. And if because of the emergence of Sarich, that Frank Kaminsky now winds up as the odd man out uh, in the bigs. Yeah, Sarge has been playing so well, hasn't he? I mean, I love the way Dara Sarge has been playing. I'm happy for him. I hope he doesn't get too frustrated not uh, being in the starting lineup. But you know what? Bench players make 10 to $20 million a year, too. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to Dario really embracing this being the playmaker on the second unit because that gets us, that lets them use his passing a little bit, lets him use his, his driving into the hoop and doing a little bully ball on smaller defenders. I'm really liking Dario in that second unit. Frank looks like he's really struggling right now. That doesn't mean he won't get it back. But man, has the dude made a 3 since January? I don't know. Because he hasn't he's he's played uh, he's played four scrim three scrimmage games in a regular season game. Did he did any of them go in? I don't think so. Um so I don't know. So Frank for that reason Frank is really struggling. But I don't trust Aaron Baines to make any of his threes either because that dude, he hasn't been able to play at all until recently. And his three-point shot, if you watch him practice those three-point shots, um, Aaron Baines, his his threes are all about legs, uh, getting those legs right in there. He barely moves his arms at all. Um, and his legs cannot be with him right now, especially if he's playing a few minutes um, uh, before he tries to launch. So you're not going to see 37 point Aaron Baines. I don't think uh, in these, in this Orlando series, uh, it's just not going to last long enough. You don't, but, you don't need that though. You just need him to hit a few right. of those spot up ones where Frank doesn't right now. You know, I don't even know if he'll hit those though. That's the thing, That's true. but he does play tough defense and he sets hard screens and he might remind Aaron um, Deandre Ayton how to, how to, how to set a hard foul too. I've, I am impressed that Frank's literally trying anything to refine his uh, his shot. Though he came out with the same exact haircut as Devin Booker, and I thought, oh, that's a unique way to try to break your streak is try to get the same hair as as the guy that shoots the best on your team. That or the barber shop at the at the NBA bubble has like three haircuts you can choose from, which might be the might be the case as well. I don't. What know. do you think, Gerald? What do you think about um, Dario versus Frank versus Aaron Baines? Yeah, I mean, I I think. I, I like the way that Dario's been playing. I and I really hope that he is okay with this six man role because if he is, the Suns should very strongly look to bring him back how they can this summer. Um, because he's the kind of playmaker secondary creator that that second unit really needs. Um, I love Cam Johnson, but he is better off in a starting lineup where he plays with better players who can feed him those open looks and he can in turn space the floor for them. Dario is an okay three point mm. shooter and he hasn't been this year. Um, so giving him that six man role would kind of empower him and make the starting unit better altogether. Um, I think once Baines comes back, Kaminsky is either going to have to play a lot better to keep any kind of minutes or he's going to get squeezed from the rotation as well. He just hasn't been good. Even when he's, you know, pump faked and put the ball on the floor, which is something that Monty's praised him for, you know, he's traveled or he's taken just that awful shot that didn't even hit the rim today. It just hit, flew into the backboard on um, that runner that he took down the lane. It's just stuff like that, that, you know, he's got to <laughs> shake those things off now because his minutes are going to get squeezed soon. 
Oh, by, by the way, Coda Kid in the uh, in the chat says, we gave Frank too high of a grade. If you remember, we did uh, grade him the yeah, highest we did. on the team. But that was based what on what we, um, what what we, we did. We did off-season grades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we did mm -hmm. is off-season grades during the dead four months. Um, and it was grades based on our expectations, not based on the way they played. And Frank okay. played so much better than our expectations. So he ended up with the highest grade on the team. The, so I guess we gave him too high of a grade. Sorry, Oops. sorry, Frank. We we made your head too big, I guess, uh, for your for your game. But having said all this negativity about Frank, I don't feel any negativity. I actually want him back next year. I just think right now he's really struggling. Well, and and to that point, flaming baller uh, Buck Dog says uh, Frank will find his groove. Been off longer than anyone, and I think That's we true. forget that is is. Yeah, he, he was injured, then didn't have rehab time, hops back in this and is out there uh, trying to do his best. The so, day so he was cleared medically is the day that the NBA shut down. <laughs> he had been out since early January, and he had been hurting since December. So, dude hasn't felt this good uh, since last year. I mean, so uh, we'll give him some time. Yeah, Until certainly. Yeah, I, hope, I I think at five million with the cap shrinking and it's a team option, it's almost a no brainer to bring him back. And with the way Sarge is playing, try to find a, a role where Sarge can play uh, that six man spot. And and I think you might have a little something here, but we'll have to wait and see. There's still seven games of actual basketball left, and the Suns have kept themselves relevant with the uh, one twenty five one twelve win. Hey, we got to talk about one more guy. Don't be don't. Don't be wrapping up. I'm not wrapping up. I'm just reminding okay, people good. if they just just tuned in. <laughs> we people since it was a 1 p.m. game, there's a chance people just got off work and are, are tuning in. Or we're going away. all night, man. We're here till midnight. We're no, going until the next game. I'm just, <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is <laughs> this is solar didn't TV. know he signed up for that. Yeah, yeah this is solar TV. Talk about the G League team. <laughs> once you're in, you're never. Oh, once you're in, you're never out. By the way, it's I like, do love that like Gerald, Hotel California. I love that Gerald looks like he's on one of those old timey phones that you have to hold in front of your face. <laughs> the ones that Dave started calling girls on. Why aren't you the holding the thing to your ear? Well, yeah. see the the mic. Oh, like yeah, like this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so no, you gotta the, have the separate thing. The yeah. mic comes with a stand, but the stand <laughs> is it's yay big, so it's not. It doesn't do anyone any good. <laughs> That's all right. Um, hey, we got to give some love to Cameron Payne today. So it's the ridiculous. dude has been very up and down. He went 0 for 10 in, in the last scrimmage that the Suns played. They won the game, but he went 0 for 10 and he shot some air balls. But today, Cameron Payne looked very under control. He didn't take many shots. He didn't rack up the, the stats on the, on the box score, but he was a plus 21 in the game. And the reason for that is he played some really good defense. I thought he played some really good defense. I saw him tracking. Um, guys, nobody could stop Ish Smith with his water bug, jitterbug stuff today. Um, Ish only stopped himself by making less than 40% of his shots. But um, campaign played very well today. And I, I want to say that I'm, I'm today, I'm glad he's on the team. We don't know what's going to happen Sunday, but today I'm really glad. Uh Fabio in the chat says campaign most improved player. So <laughs> game to game. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right, Dave. Uh, Cam came to play, and I think it probably was Monty saying, "Just play within yourself. We don't need you to play hero ball. Come out, run the offense, keep that second unit calm, uh, and and that's all we need from you. And if you make some shots, great, but don't push too hard." And I think that's exactly what he did today. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that he touched on when he first talked to us was that comfort level with Monty Williams from their time together at OKC. And that's huge for a guard who's been in the league for a couple of years but hasn't been able to work his way and keep himself in a NBA rotation. I mean, this is, you know, coming to this bubble, obviously there was a lot of risk and um, concern about how it would pan out beforehand, but for him, it was a no brainer because he's getting his chance to play again and he's getting to do it for a coach that actually trusts him and for a team with a point guard, a backup point guard rotation, which let's be frank, is not uh, dependable in the slightest. <laughs> hey, none of us can be Frank. Frank. <laughs> All right. How, uh, how, about, how about Rubio, too? I felt like, uh, you know, 15 points, nine assists. He kind of just played uh, played yeah. his game it's the kind of it's the kind of Ricky Rubio that this team's going to need uh throughout these games uh, again another guy that's just running the offense playing within himself uh not trying to do much and it's what the Suns have missed for so long uh in here and he was that calming force again where I think it, it could have gotten away from them at a few points, especially uh, when I think it was in the third, early in the third, where the Wizards uh, made that comeback. Uh, it could have gotten away with them, but, uh, from them, but I think Ricky has been that guy uh, all season, but especially today that kind of helped them keep their cool. Yeah, I don't know that uh, Kelly Oubre – and look, I really miss Kelly Oubre because of his energy. Like you, you, you just talked about it. Ricky Rubio was low-key, really good. Devin Booker, low-key, really good. DA, low-key, really good. They're all really even-keeled emotionally, and they they are helping the Suns a ton. Obviously helped the Suns win this game. They were the three best players, I think, on the team today. But Cam Johnson, low-key, really good. Mikel Bridges, low-key, really good. I'm, I miss Kelly Oubre's energy, and I know because there's no fans in the stands, it's a little bit less impactful when in an empty gym he's doing push-ups off of, you know, off of getting fouled. But I, I miss Kelly Oubre's energy out there, and um, I really wish he – I don't know what's going on with his, with his uh, comfort level in his mind about his knee or what, but I kind of wish he would be out there because we, we, everyone we talked about today was low-key really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Rubio's case, I'm okay with We don't okay want to be the Spurs, man. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I would rather I would be okay with being the Spurs if they weren't the Spurs. Because... No, just ad- attitude-wise, not, <laughs> oh, not you, five championships. Spurs, not the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. with, right. Let's not be the current Spurs. Killing right. us for years. Um, no, I, I think with Rubio, he's the one guy that I'm okay when he has that low-key really good game because he's, for him, that's just being composed. That's pe- keeping people in their spots. That's um, just orchestrating the flow of the game and keeping a younger team, you know, even keel. Um, I I thought he did a nice job. I think he got to the line eight times today, made all eight. Um, So those are big because, you know, the first half, the Suns had a huge discrepancy in that department and um, he was part of that. So, and he, you know, he knocked down a three in the corner there near the end. And I thought he was, I mean, just imagine this Suns team with this point guard rotation playing without him, like him showing up to Orlando and and being ready to go for these games was monumental. Everybody was just, thank you, Ricky. Ricky. (laughs) 
you know, the I, Suns did it again today. Um, I don't have the box right here, but they're back. Oh, yeah, here we go. 29 assists on 42 made field goals. They led the league this year in assist rate, assist per game, all the assist-related things. After years of being 29th and 30th and 28th in assist rate, guess what they were the first two scrimmage games without Ricky? They were back down there at the bottom of the league in assist rate uh, because you really – it doesn't matter. It does it, – Book Devin Booker really helps, but he can't be your only guy who can pass on the team. He just can't be the only guy who gets assists. So uh, all of a sudden in, in scrimmage three when Ricky was good again and healthy again, um, they were back up to 75% assist rate this game. They're almost, yeah, they're 75% assist rate. Um, that's the Suns that we're used to seeing. And so people don't love Ricky because he doesn't shoot like Steph Curry and he doesn't have the emotions and all that, but he's low key, really good. But, uh, we got a question in the chat from uh, Buck Dog. He wants to know, can, uh, can Kelly choose to play whenever he wants, or is he waiting for clearance? What's going on here with uh, with Kelly that you guys have No, he's with the team, so he La- can choose. Go ahead, yeah. Gerald. Last I remember from when we talked to him during media availability and the last time Monty actually provided an update, it sounded like it was more on the team as the reason that he's not playing on the training staff because he, I mean, this could just all be you know, posturing, but he was saying like, I'm practicing, like I want to be back out there. Um, but it's a decision that we have to make with the training staff to make sure that I'm a hundred percent. Um, he was saying, I want to give when I'm out there on the court, I want to give a hundred percent. I can't do that yet. So it's, you know, it's partially him having not played, not worked his body back up, which is something everyone had to worry about with four months off, but especially with him coming off that injury and not having a proper, normal rehab i don't think we know the story i really really don't because Monty has said look we don't want anyone to play who's not comfortable the team's not comfortable and they're not comfortable because that's what he talked about with ricky rubio as well coming in off of coming off of coronavirus and aaron baines um aaron baines probably didn't play today because he wasn't 100 sure he was ready so it is a mutual thing and I, i was surprised when kelly first i mean come on this whole saga first he says He's probably not going to play if they have a very slim chance of the playoffs. Then Sarver says, for sure he's going. And then he's like, well, maybe. And then he's like, but I want to be with the team the entire time. And then Monty's like, well, he's going to rehab. Or James is like, well, he's going to rehab like everybody else. And when he's ready, he's ready. And then Monty said, he's rehabbing with everybody else. He looks great. He's got all of his bounce back. He had no pain. No, looks like old Kelly. And we're just going to wait and see till everyone's comfortable. And then Kelly comes out and says it's up to the team. And that's what you're referring to, Gerald, is he came out and he goes, ah, it's up to the team to tell me when, it, when it's my time to play. But I tell you, the team is not saying we don't want Kelly Oubre to play. I don't see why the team would actually say that. No, that look. It doesn't make sense. I trust nothing coming from anybody when it comes out of this. I mean, this is the same team this yeah. week that said that they let almost 30 people go because they were strategically restructuring and they're, they're going to post new jobs. Soon. You know, they what? were just letting people go because they they've didn't been cutting costs forever. When you say strategically yeah. restructuring case, uh, Casey, shoot, what was his last Taggets. name? Gosh, Taggets. Yeah. They were restructuring during the season too. They got a new guy, head of business operations. I don't know. I don't recall his name. I got introduced to him at the beginning of training camp, like we all did and seemed like a really great guy. And Casey said, this is my new boss. And, and within a couple of months they restructured down and now they're restructuring again. That doesn't mean um, the sons aren't cheap. 
because they are. No, but They've I been don't, cheap I, the whole look, time. Look, I don't. I just They've don't been cheap buy the it. whole freaking time. Because what then, I'm pissed about. What I'm pissed about is that they did it during a pandemic when these people can't get another job easily. There's yep. 45 million people out of work right now. That's what pisses me off. Not that they did a restructuring. No, people do that all the time. Do it. Do it now. Well, and don't don't just don't sugarcoat it. Just be honest. You're doing it because of no, I, financial I, things. Just just like you don't sell a G League team because all of a sudden you decided it's brilliant basketball strategy to do so. And here's five bullet points as to why it's brilliant. And all of them were things that you should be doing anyways, whether you have a G League team or not. So don't. That's what I have a problem with, and that's why I don't trust any of the why Kelly isn't playing. The truth is somewhere in between the lines on this stuff. And it very well could be Kelly doesn't want to play because he wants to save himself uh, and make sure he's a hundred percent because he doesn't want to injure himself with free agency coming up. I, there's a million reasons why it could be. I'm just saying what you hear read between the lines. And I think we've all learned that uh, in working in media is that sometimes you have to look at what's being told you understand the source and figure out that it's somewhere in between what's going on. Right. And, and we can't forget that, you know, their contract negotiations between Ubre and this organization were a little bit tenuous last year. Um, Kelly wanted to be here, but they were kind of far apart and they eventually had to settle on that short term two year contract instead of, you know, the three or four year deal that ideally could have. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I get that. I get that he and he's done a great job proving himself so far. But um, it could be free agency related. It could be the Suns don't want him to get hurt again. It could be Kelly doesn't want to get hurt again in a contract year. So um, there is a lot of reading between the lines. There's a lot of reasons to distrust an organization that restructured its own G League team to Detroit. But <laughs> restructured um... its own. <laughs> hey, man, who needs who the G League? <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, everybody, uh, we're here and we're at time here. Uh, we're about 40 minutes into this. We're going to uh, just let you know. Suns again win 125-112. They moved to 1-0 in the Orlando bubble. That means hope is alive here in Phoenix. Uh, as we mentioned before, the Blazers beat the uh, the Grizzlies as well because we got a scoreboard watch now too. We haven't done that in years except for traffic right? posturing. So scoreboard watching is back. Uh, Gerald, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Always a pleasure to have you. We will be back uh, on Sunday after Sunday's game uh, to talk more. At least Dave and I will. Who knows if Tim will show up. Uh, and Gerald, you always have a <laughs> Uh, an open invitation to join us always but open about 15 20 minutes after the game on sunday we'll be back here to wrap it up so for gerald for dave i'm greg esposito oh Thanks wait for really quick oh, oh we've got more what what dave what do we got well we got a great question what are the keys to victory against Doncic and the maps um uh, sick McKellar on Doncic and then it's over it's no big deal <laughs> well, that's easy true. I think Just that's kidding. I think that's part of it. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see uh, another another win on Sunday. I think it'll be much tougher. You're going to need a more even performance out of the Sun. Gerald, any yes. thoughts on that before we uh, before we get out of here? Aiton and Doncic, that battle. Aiton's fared pretty well in that head to head so far. So I'm, you know, Suns have played well against the Mavs for whatever reason. So I'm cautiously optimistic. My my prediction, Aiton. 
has a higher three point percentage in that game than Doncic. That's uh, no. that's my guess. So there you go. Uh, so so for Dave, for Gerald, I'm Greg. Thanks for joining us here on the Bubble Boys post game gab fest with the Sun Solar Panel. We'll be back on Sunday night. <laughs>